Welcome to Grit, Guts, and Determination, the Leadville Race Series podcast. I'm your host, Cole Clover, son of race founder, Ken Clover. We are entering our 40th year and are very excited about this reunion with you, our Leadville family. And in this third season of Grit, Guts, and Determination, we are going to continue to explore the rich storytelling and eccentric stories made up by all of you, our Leadville family. Those of you who are new to our family, get out those pens and papers because those lessons are going to come at you as quick as race day. Okay, Leadville family, sit back, enjoy, and as always, we can't wait to see you at home. We can't wait to see you in Leadville. Leadville family, we've had a good break, but I'm excited for our return. So here we are back with our third season, and I don't know how sick of me you are yet, but today that's who you're going to get. I'm going to be your guest as Mary Lee and uh, my dad get a hold of me and ask me a whole bunch of questions I've been asking you. So I hope you're able to sit back, relax, and enjoy Uh, This fun episode with my immediate family and all of you, my Leadville family. All right. Hi, son. Hi, Dad. Hi, Cole. Hi, Mary. Uh, All right. I think Mary's got the first question that should be of interest to you. Pull the trigger, Mary. Okay, Cole. It's totally on you. How did Leadville find you? You're so good at asking that question of everyone else. Let's hear yours. Yeah, how did Leadville find you, son? Well, I don't think it was by choice. I think I had this tough cowboy dad that found a job at the mine when I was age two, and that's how Leadville found me. Um, But I do have a few other memories. I, I remember... Uh, dad saying he'd found this house, and I know it was a little tougher. There was maybe a Harley parked in the living room floor. But one of my first memories of Leadville was uh, Dad and some other gentlemen tearing down that that brick fireplace in our Victorian home and putting rock up on that fireplace from uh, Turquoise Lake. And yeah. that was a, that was the day, son, when everybody in Leadville worked at the mine, and uh, you couldn't hire anything done. It was, if you needed any, <laughs> any uh, rock work or carpenter work or plumbing work, you had learned to do it yourself. So that's that's how you know that's that's how we got our start. Well, you were, you know, speaking of everybody working at the Climax Mine. It opens the door to the Leadville Trail 100. Because 1982, that mine closed and everybody in Leadville, everybody was out of work. We were highest unemployment in the nation. So uh, you were you were about seven years old then. What do you, what do you remember remember about those days and and uh, particularly what do you remember about the start of Leadville Trail 100 because you were deeply involved <laughs> well yes I uh, I do remember you coming home and uh, letting us know that you didn't have a job anymore and uh, 
I didn't know what that meant, but I knew some of my other friends, like John Mora, his dad, I remember, was going through the same thing. And just a little earlier, there was a, a set of layoffs just before you. And I remember John saving his lunch money. And I asked him why, and he told me. And and I just remember that whole week of of kind of having this strange fear as a young child. And then, that you know, later in that week, that came true for our family, too. And I remember um, a little different than, differently than you. I know you remember me wanting to sacrifice my skateboard. Yeah. And, and, and that did happen. But what I remember before that, I believe, is I used to know you hid some of the Christmas presents underneath the middle bed. In, in the middle room and uh it was in the in the 80s and boom boxes were real popular and i'd asked for one and there was a box and and a boom box and it had a looked like it had a tv in it and when christmas came it was a smaller one and and i remember just feeling so thankful for the smaller boom box and 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 just realizing what was going on that we were even that fortunate i remember most families in leadville or not most but a good number of kids i knew went to elko nevada and uh, i know john went down to the sunny side john's dad went to the sunny side mine there and call in what in southwestern colorado and, and what I remember beyond that is you. I remember, uh, you, you know, you were also a county commissioner at the time. And while I didn't know then Governor Dick Lamb, I do remember his visit. And I remember meeting him personally with you. And, um, you know, I, of course, didn't understand his talking to you or speaking about what was to come for Leadville. Yeah, Sorry. Well, anyway, that's what I really remember. I remember uh, times being real tough, a real serious city man by the name of Governor Dick Lamb coming to tell us how to save ourselves. And I remember it seemed like we were going to have a real fight on our hands. Well, again, son, you're cutting out a little bit, but I hope you're you're, uh, getting... um, because you opened a door there when you you uh, mentioned Christmas, because that was one of the primary reasons uh, that Marilyn and I started the Leadville Trail 100. It gave us purpose and passion because there were a lot, if not most, of Leadville kids that wasn't going to have a Christmas. Santa Claus wasn't coming because m- mom and daddy didn't just didn't have a job so um yeah it uh and and another thing uh governor lamb told us said you got to do something to bring people to your town to spend money you because you've got to save your hospital and you've got to save your school so if you lose either one of those you're headed for ghost town so uh yeah Marilyn and I got together. 
put put the foundation to the to the Leadville Trail 100 and uh, and off off and running. Mary, what do you remember about those days? Those first first days of well, I remember um, <laughs> we went, we did all sorts of things to try to bring people to Leadville. Uh, I don't know if Cole remembers. I'm sure he does. The wagon train that we took from the capital, uh, walking with our burros, and it was, um, I think it kind of stole the wagon that we took up I-70 through Denver, out of Denver um, with big signs that said Leadville or bust. So that was that was one of the earlier uh, memories of how we were going to get people to Leadville and save our community. Well, and, and I, I have a bad memory of that. Because the director after that year was uh, Ken Clover. And we were going to take the wagon train. Dad, do you remember this? The wagon train was going to go over Mosquito Pass. <laughs> well, and, we took the donkeys over Mosquito Pass. Well, yeah, because we the rest of the, get the wagon over there. The rest of the wagon train gave up, and you and yeah. I went over Mosquito Pass, and we got yeah. those burrows in belly deep snow, and I was belly deep to them, and that was tough. That was one of my first biggest experiences of digging deep where I didn't know if I was going to come home or not. I was probably 12. Oh, Cole, you've never been any place you didn't get back from. <laughs> That's for sure, son. Well, what, what Marilyn and I got together that many have told us that save Leadville was the Leadville Trail 100. And... Uh, 1983 was our first race, and what we found out in those first few years of of running, because we hadn't started the mountain bike race yet, 1983 to 45, in the 80s. Okay, son, the Leadville Trail 100 that Marilyn and I started is singular. It's about purpose and passion, and it's, we found out that it's about changing lives. How does Leadville Trail 100 change your life? <laughs> in in many significant ways, too many to capture just one. But it's it's very easy to tell how it changed my life the most significantly, and it was a good number of years into its history, probably almost nine. Um, what I remember is a lot of runners, uh, you know, we didn't have the bike race yet, like you said, and we had a lot of runners and a lot of those runners had kids just like you did with me. And it seemed like a lot of those kids wanted to come back and be legacy runners, but it seemed like what was lost on us legacy kids was the desire and willingness to train to run a hundred miles. Some of us were runners and some of us were athletes and some of us were not. For some reason, we all caught this desire. But uh, as you know, on my first attempt, being 21 years old, 
Uh, partway through that race, I thought it hurt a little bad. I thought I had better things to do with my Saturday, and I quit. And I quit, and I quit running for 16 years. And I tried the bike race after that, and that's another crybaby I quit story. And then you put me to work. You made me ride that four-wheeler to do sweep. And, and that's where the Leadville Trail 100 really changed me. That's where I really grew up fast. Uh, you know, here I was. I, I'm not doing the race anymore. I don't need to train for it. I don't think I need to be out there. Uh, you're my dad, and I, I need to help my dad, and I need to work hard. And on Leadville Trail 100 run day, that means I'm doing sweep on that four-wheeler. And I'm doing sweep on that four-wheeler, and I'm always behind somebody I don't think should be there. And for, fortunately for you and me and all of us, uh, you instilled better ethics in me, but you had those ethics then. And you and Mary Lee made sure we treated all these people like family. And you took it even further. You made sure... Just like family, if these people believe they could run our race, well, by God, we believed it too, and we weren't going to let anybody tell us different. Well, here I am still a little cocky as a young adult on the back of that four-wheeler, and I'm following people that I don't think should be in the race. And then we get to an aid station. And there's one of my buddies who's just dropped out. And I chat with him a little while. And, you know, there goes the my runner. And I hop back on that four-wheeler. And I chase him down the road. <clears throat> and then we get to the next aid station. And you all are there cheering in this person. And, uh, you know, there are five of my friends that look like me. And they've dropped out. And we share some laughs and go on. And, and I mean, the next aid station, there's 20 of me. But what I learned from our Leadville family is what it takes to keep going, what it takes to keep digging deep. It's the same thing that our forefathers, our miners had to know. Um, you're in that dark hole of despair, and you know that something's on the other side, but you got to believe it, and you got to... That's when you're going to dig deep into that inexhaustible well of grit, guts, and determination that you and Mary Lee talk about. That's when the magic of Leadville happens. And that four-wheeler day is when I learned running sweep, what it meant, what the Leadville Trail 100, what my Leadville Trail 100 family meant to me. Okay, so <clears throat> that <clears throat> brings up... Um me kind of a two two part question uh to begin with what do you think your best or greatest athletic accomplishment is and then the other side of that and it might be the same thing but your most meaningful athletic accomplishment <laughs> uh that's a tricky question mary lee <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, I never, dad says, you know, we're never going to be the smartest or the best looking, but we're going to work the hardest. Um, with athletics, I had a different experience than a lot of our athletes or a lot of people had growing up. I was fortunate enough to be a part of Lake County cross country running. We had a history of Olympic quality coaches. Um, I was never coached under the late Dick Anderson, who set a hell of a president with our athletes. Um, but I was coached by Gary Hanks and uh, Frank Minson. After that, Frank Minson was my main high school coach. And Frank had a lot of big producers under his wing. I always wanted to be a big producer, but I really hated training. Um, my junior year of high school, we were, you all were out campaigning, and uh, you, you were at every one of my track meets. But this was a very uh, different circumstance. It was a close election year. It was a horrible, horrible blizzard. There was a half a foot on the snow or snow on the ground, and we were at district. And I remember really not wanting to run, but I knew coming from Lake County, we were ready. I was in the middle of about five crybaby stories trying to figure out how we were going to get out of running that day. And I was waiting for the restroom with some Woodland Park kid that said, uh, Boy, nobody has a shot today. It's anybody's game. And I just said, excuse me, and, and he repeated himself. And I just thought, geez, we've been training in this weather for, you know, months. This isn't new to us. This isn't anybody's game. It's Lake County's game, just like it was. We were trained to be winners. We were trained to lead. We were trained to not be afraid to win. And that day was important for many reasons. Um, I think the team was supposed to start with me. Usually they started much faster. But for some reason it was my day and I really came to life in the crappy weather. I really had something to prove in that crappy weather. And I, I got to that finish line and, and it was in first place, and it was everything instilled in me. We, like I said, we were trained to lead. We were trained to win. And it, you know, it meant a lot for me because most of the time the team carried me. I was the middle of the pack with our team. This time I, I got to carry them. But what's even more different, what I really remember from that day, you know, Frank Minson telling us not to be afraid to win. Don't be afraid to lead. You know, just, and it's that same keep digging deep message. But we were the Goliath and we had to defend that. Well, there was this guy from an opposing community. His name was Kevin Rogers. I think Kevin Rogers got second place in every meet I was in in high school cross country. And it really rang true with what my coach had said. Don't be afraid to lead. Don't be afraid to win. As great as poor Kevin was, he never got that feeling of winning. Now that was my probably greatest achievement because I helped other people. 
But the greatest to me was running the Leadville Trail 100 run in, I believe, 2013. I'd come off an injury. I was absolutely trained to take on this monster. But the, and, and I know what's at stake. Now I'm a young man. I'm in my 30s. I'm in my 40s. I know, I know what life's about. I know what digging deep's about. But I started that 100-mile race, and by, by uh, May Queen, I was sicker than a dog. I mean, boy, I didn't want any part of that race at all. I had spoke at the speech the year before because Dad's brother, my uncle, had passed away. Um, I, I, I wasn't running because I was injured that year. I wanted to also give the speech for Dad to hear that year, 2013. And I didn't do very good, and I apologize to all of our Leadville family. I just had too many nerves going on and, you know, running the race. I didn't realize all the weight on my father's shoulders all those years. And so the next day, the gun goes off. I'm a May Queen. I'm sicker than a dog. Somehow I'm, I'm trying to find my way over to Twin Lakes. I got stuff coming out of both ends. I'm literally crawling down the trail with people stepping over me, remembering dad's stories of such a thing, him doing to other people. And uh, I'm coming down that road into Twin Lakes and I don't look good. And and you all, all of you are waiting there for me. Dad, Mary Lee, my mother. But dad sees it in my eyes. And he grabs me by the collar before I can say anything to any of you. And he spins me off to the side. And he said, son, you remember what you told those people. <laughs> and boy, that sickness or whatever went away. I don't know if it's a fear of God or fear of dad or whatever. And I, I also remember our buddy, uh, lead man Chris Lloyd, coming by at the same time. Dad kind of saw me, I guess, trying to get it together. He stuck me on the hills of Chris going up Hope Pass out of Twin Lakes. And he said, said what he said. You remember what you told those people. And I mean, after he said that chilling statement to me, I didn't have another problem the rest of the race. It went beautiful. <laughs> but that was one, you know, we talk about digging deep and we talk about what these races take. I think I am really good at it, probably better than anybody else, because I think I want to quit more than anyone else. <laughs> so, I kind of thought that... Uh most meaningful might have been last year's bike race because you overcame uh, a whole bunch of problems in order to make that finish last year. Last year's bike race was uh, a whole lot like that run that year. Yeah, I mean, whenever, <laughs> whenever I called mother to quit, uh, Happened to be by Jennifer Aiken, who called Dad saying I was about to quit. And then I was instructed uh, to not leave the area I was because 
potentially a will was coming from town. And over an hour later, it did. <laughs> and, and Dad and I had a lot of fight with bikes and parts, and it, it just wasn't working out that well. And we, we got a rig together, and I think I had... I had an hour and 10 minutes to go from the bottom of pipeline on my bike to outward bound aid station on my bike. And I knew that wasn't going to happen. Now I knew I was going to ride as hard as I could. And and, and cause I'd had a, a real great start to the day. Unlike that run, I just blew up my wheel coming off power line, hit a rock, blew it up. And so, yeah, I wasn't ready to quit, but I knew I wasn't going to make that aid station. I still was going to ride as hard as I could. Well, the good Lord put me on that line at the same time as a cutoff, and somehow I squeaked through it. And I, I don't know if you remember, I was in better shape to cheer on our Leadville family probably than race the race myself. So going up Columbine was a real bear. Uh, I'd never been that far back in my life. Uh, I was back there with a lot of great people that can finish from there, uh, mainly Doc, Bill Doc Winmark. Uh, but it wasn't for me. So I did my best to close up some time. I got a little sick. Uh, I was throwing up all the way back toward Pipeline, and I got on Pipeline, and Things started to go my way, and boom, I'm, I'm watching a stick go through one part of my tire and out the other part of my tire, and it's like a bad daydream, and I don't know if I'm on some kind of horrible drug or I'm just racing across this horrible pipeline, and pardon my French, but shit's gone wrong. I stop. I, I can't get the... Uh, stem out of my tubeless wheel and and I just futz with it and futz with it and I'm just sitting there without much hope and and then hope came in the form of Mark Prince <laughs> uh, poor Mark came up to help my race Mark was in the race obviously we didn't know it at the time but Mark was also fighting pulmonary edema and COVID but somehow he got that stem out of my tire and I, we got a new one in there and off we went. Um, we were behind the cutoff and somehow we were right in the sweet spot where our, our buddy cutoff King Mike Monahan and cutoff King's buddy Mickey Dunoff. Well, we squeaked through right there, and then they realized who they'd let through, and that was more trouble for them. And, you know, I didn't want to go on. I was fighting there with Sandy about it. And, uh, you know, we say it takes a village. There's plenty of people uh, that help me. There's a bud from Austin, Texas, change that tire tube out of that tire for me while I was still trying to fight with Sandy. And uh, they got me up and collected and sent me on my merry way. 
And then I had two hours and 40 minutes to make it from pipeline into the finish line of the Leadville Trail 100, that last 35 miles. And once again, that just shouldn't have happened. But thank God my dad, Leadville, and all my Leadville family taught me so many lessons about digging deep. We made that line with 10 minutes to spare. So I think the fight with Sandy was, oh, I can't go on. And she's like, yeah, you can, right? Wasn't that the fight? <laughs> the fight with Sandy's, look, you're going to cut this effing thing off my wrist right now, and you're going to go tell everybody I'm going to cut off. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, no way. Yeah, I lost the fight. <laughs> with her too so. she let me know that in that very moment dad yeah well then i don't want you to sell yourself short there in any way you were well i was proud of you when you finished that bike race after uh, with all that trouble and you got your thousand mile buckle and i was proud of you for being our uh, in high school for being our district champion but at this point you finished all the Leadville Trail 100 events. You finished the uh, big buckle in both the 100 bike and the big buckle in the 100 run. That is not uh, correct, Dad. Well, I finished the 100 mile running. You know, I'm not always right, but I'm always dead. Okay? Yes, sir. Now, what I want to tell you here is in August, There'll be over 2,000 runners sir, and combination mountain bike racers, too. You're going to be up on that stage before that bike, before that run race. They're going to be depending on you because they know you've done it all. You've been there, done that. They're going to be depending on you for the truth. What are you going to tell them? <laughs> I am going to tell them, just like that miner, that their truth is where they sit in that moment on that day, that their real truth is going to come the next day when we let that shotgun ring out in that cold Leadville mountain air, and that they're going to have to, at that time, face themselves when the going gets hard and the going's going to get hard. When their lungs are searing, when their heads are dead, they are going to have to dig into that inexhaustible well of grit, guts, and determination like we talk about in that moment. And that if they do that, if they believe, if they believe in them like we believe in them, and they do that in that moment, they'll have the same success as I have found, and they will do everyone proud. All right. Now we have uh, the passion and purpose uh, become singular once we fire that shotgun, and we want we want them to come to that finish line, and Marilee will be there holding that buckle, shoot the gun, and then it's all on them to go get it. But there's a little preparation that's got to be done before that day. The hundred mile run. 100-mile mountain bike race, how are you going to tell them right now to train 
how are you going to tell them to treat their crews, get their crews ready? How are they going to fuel, fuel themselves during that race? You've been there, done that with all these things. Answer those questions so they come to that race prepared to cross that finish line. Well, you know, I hate training, and I don't do enough of it. <laughs> and we got plenty of coaches out there that can help them with that part of their training. I call that the 5%. We don't give a crap about the 5%. Yeah, go train. That's not what I'm telling you. But the real training, as you know, as I know, occurs in that five inches between our ears. And that's also a lot of time why, why we put in those physical miles. But I suggest everybody to train themselves on the why. Why are you going out there? Why are you going to make it to that finish line? Grow your why. Figure out your why. Train your brain to sacrifice for that why. And by the time you hear that got shotgun ring out and it's your truth, it's your race day, there's nothing going to stop you. You're Amen. Nothing. nothing. Yeah. Well said, son. Yeah. So there's plenty of people to get these people physically ready. But physical isn't going to get you to the finish line. Mental is going to get you there. So, Paul, thinking about where we've been with the races and where we're going, where do you see the races in 20 years? Boy. <laughs> Just, <laughs> That's uh, a good question, son, because you oh, are yeah. our legacy. We're dependent on you to carry on what we have started to change lives. I, I see them as bigger, brighter family reunions. Um, I believe, like you believe, the Leadville Trail 100 is about changing lives. It had to start with changing ours. In order for Leadville to go on, something had to be done, and this became the answer. Watching the Leadville Trail 100, participating in the Leadville Trail 100, what I learned is that today people come back to you and Mary. They come back to us and they let us know how much we've changed their lives, how much you've changed their lives in this Leadville Trail 100, Leadville, Colorado experience. And... Uh, what I believe is what we are asking these people to do today because of that. We've realized our purpose have changed. Leadville's changed. We want to keep saving their lives. We want to keep giving them all these lessons, empowering them to take on the world. We want our finish line to be their starting line. We want them to go on from there and make their lives count, make their lives better. We want them to change the world by bringing more people back to us to re 
revitalize and revisit this message and then make that person's life count, make their life better. And then it's on them to go do this same process. So I see us as bigger and badder than ever and just a bigger support system of who we are, a smaller world uh, with our Leadville family. Okay. So <clears throat> we have um, sort of pushed you a little into being more involved with the legacy, and you certainly have been. Um, and I'm just wondering what you think our most significant impact is on Leadville. Boy, <laughs> that's a tough one, too. I think we've all saved each other's lives. I think Leadville saved all of our lives and helped us save Leadville's lives. And this uh, is specific to the legacy, though. Well, yeah, that's I'm getting there, Mary. I mean, like, okay, it's a, it's a crazy circle. Like, we have Ty Hall going out and being the dream chaser and and raising all this money so we can provide continuing education for our Lake County youth. We can provide food for our Lake County youth. We can provide movement for our Lake County youth. And in turn, they go on and try to make the world a better place, and they introduce people to Leadville. Well, you know, it's Rodrigo is, you know, now the dream chaser for uh, – the Leadville Trail 100 run and his kids have actually benefited from those scholarships. And, you know, they've, you know, one of his kids was recognized by, you know, the governor, Governor Jared Polis came back to Leadville after all those years of Dick Lamb, but not to tell us how to revitalize something to honor this kid who took up on our grant and really made that count. Um, I think the most significant part of the life and of Leadville, Leadville Legacy, Leadville Trail 100, Leadville Race Series, and all of our Leadville family are we are an, a nucleus that goes on as a family. We keep feeding each other and we keep coming back to the hard work and roots we know in this family reunion, proving to ourselves of what do more, be more means. And then we go back out into the world, change it, and come back the next year for our reunion. Well, well said, son. The um, the Trail 100 from the beginning is about purpose, and it's about passion. Passion has both purpose and the passion to get to that finish line. But also, that's out on the race course. What Marilee was getting towards is how do we serve? How do we take the gifts God has given us and, and the gifts that Leadville has given us, uh, the purpose and passion, carrying on from here? What's your purpose what's your, and what's your passion? Well, to all of ours is the same, I think. I mean, my purpose is to continue this passion that we've created. Um, I believe also that's 
the purpose of the the athletes, families, friends, everybody that's helping the athlete on race day, their purpose is to get to the, their athlete to that finish line. That athlete's purpose is to get to that finish line. Um, and, and we we use these tools to do it. Well, that's the Leadville Trail 100 has been the purpose to get Leadville to that finish line. And and that means, you know, we've done what we can to to help the schools, to help the fire department, to help search and rescue, to help the museums, the Mining Hall of Fame, all these other entities go on and flourish. Uh, my passion and purpose is to help people, help our family coming to do this race, new and old, uh, do these things and understand why. It's my passion and purpose to make sure that our roots of why this race was started, not to actually create a race, but to save this magical place we call Leadville and then expose other people to it so that they can have that magic and go forward with their lives. My purpose is to be the conduit to share all of that stuff and to make sure that it goes on with uh, such passion, such courage that nothing's lost in translation. Well, remember, son, what we have told every runner, every mountain bike racer, and now we want to carry that farther. And it's your job to carry this farther. Remember what we've told them. You're better than you think you are, and you can do more than you think you can. That has changed thousands of lives at the finish line. What I'm suggesting that you do as our legacy is spread that word, not just with the athletes, but with their families, with their communities, uh, spread that word. and. and and you and Leadville and Marilyn and I can make it a better world. Oh, yeah. That's, I believe, where we have the most impact. Uh, that's where I believe we find that character that will rise to the challenge. Who can I talk to? Who can I excite enough to where they have to come to Leadville? You know, Dad, you did that. That was your your passion and purpose and you did that with the gentleman you you were out at a different run somewhere out in california and you told this gentleman uh you've got to come to leadville it will change your life you've got to see the beauty we have he went on and on that gentleman still tells that story today in fact we call that gentleman mr leadville his name is Bill Finkbeiner, the only 30-time finisher of the Leadville Trail 100 run. And today, it's so fun when his son Christian reaches out to me to try to know when I'm in Leadville and we can catch up. Um, that is exactly what I want to do to everybody I talk to, what you did with Bill. Remember, son, um, all we've said, all we've done, the strength, the power, the grit, the guts, and determination, the passion, and the purpose 
has a combination coming from one place, one word. That's Leadville. Leadville. If you ever get in the walk up in these mountains and if you're feeling real bad, just say Leadville. It'll echo across the hills. And I know you've done that, son. <laughs> Proud of you. Um, just for, for last, I don't know how long you want to go on, but I want to make sure that you tell everybody that's listening to you. Number one, come to Leadville and change your life. But tell them how to get across that finish line. <laughs> Dad, that's the one thing in life I know. That's the one thing I promise to tell all these people time and again. And I promise to show them how to make it work. Well, it takes <laughs> it, it takes like you were talking earlier, that, that conversation with yourself between your ears. And when all else says, talk to you, says, this is hurts. And the question you ask yourself is, why go on? What's the answer to that, son? Well, what would you, what's the answer to why go on? Everybody has a different why. Um, but to me, why go on is everything you've ever taught me. Um, why go on is why life is. You, you've got to be part of the system. You've got to keep achieving. You've got to always be setting new goals. You've got to always be in motion. Whatever life is, it's more. It's got to be more. If you're not doing more, you're becoming complacent. You're falling out of that system. You're not contributing in life. And that's not who we are. Because by God, when you let Leadville echo out through the mountains, all it is is more. It echoes. It grows. It thunders. The passion continues. And if I don't do that, I don't think anybody else will either. That's part of my why. So, to put it in a nutshell, who we are is we are people that commit and we don't quit. That's Leadville. That's Leadville. That's Leadville. You dig deep. You learned that. On, you learned it. It's part of you. It's part of Merrily. It's part of me. It's part of everybody. We want everybody to come home, come to Leadville. And like you merely said at the start of this, you didn't find Leadville. Leadville found you. It's <laughs> true for all of our Leadville race family. Yes, well, sir. Son, one last question. How can we help you? <laughs> well... I think that you've definitely done that for sure. Um, 
You well, we want to help you help others. Well, that's that's your that's your purpose. I just need to walk yeah. forward and and keep trying to find how to help others. Uh, you all have been my backbone, my support, my family, my guiding light, my rock, and it's just so exciting to have been raised in that by you know what and who I am through that because of you. And I'm just really excited to continue to get to take this message forward for all of us. Well, you're taking it forward for one more purpose too. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention this. And that's our, that's our uh, race owners prime number one sponsor. And that's lifetime. Lifetime believes in life, believes in all that we do. And lifetime believes in digging deep and do more think you can. And you you be better today than you were yesterday. And tomorrow you'll be even better. That's that's what we share with with uh, with lifetime. Uh, dig deep every day. Commit. Don't quit. Yes, it is. That's where all of our lifetime leadership has been. Uh, they thrive in these same spaces as well. That's why we're such a good fit with them. Um, Barama Crotty is just a little different kind of cowboy and just all the same cowboy. And by God, he understands what this is about. He understands the magic and uh, that that just could not be more true. Yeah, yeah. That's and, and you mentioned Baram. He's he's a head of our family now, and he's he proudly wears both those buckles: <laughs> the run buckle and the bike buckle. So he's been there, done that. Um, well, it's been fun talking to you, Cole. <laughs> Well, it's always fun talking to you all. <laughs> I hope we have a whole lot of that left to do in this little thing we call life. Okay. Well, what Marilyn and I are most proud of is and makes our day, makes our life, is when people come up to us at these events and say, you've changed our life. You've changed my life. So, son... You carry it and you carry on for us, and people will be telling you that. They're going to say, Cole, you changed my life. That will <laughs> well, mean everything to you. Yes, it will. Right now, I'm still being rewarded uh, walking up behind that scene and seeing them tell that to you. It's a very beautiful <laughs> thing. <laughs> All right, son, go get them. Okay, love you. Love, love you, Cole. Love you, son. Well, there you have it, Leadville family. I hope you have enjoyed this Season 3 kickoff. Uh, Can't wait to continue on this journey with you all. But most of all, can't wait to see you this summer. Can't wait to see you at home. Can't wait to see you in Leadville. In the meantime, please don't forget to give us a like and subscribe wherever you're getting your podcasts. Get out there and make your lives count. Make them better. 